Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Brother Davis, he was getting in my message. He could have just kept going. I told him earlier, I said, just go. Hit the ground, get running. Pastor's gone. I won't think nothing about it. I'll just ride with you. Oh, man, thank you. So thankful to be here. Always thankful to be in God's house with God's people. The best people. The best people. He already read our scripture this morning in Matthew. I'm going to we'll go on from there. Our lesson connection today, uh, Brother uh, Osborne preached the other night, or other day, Brother Everett preached the first two, the seed, and today we're going to talk about the laborers. Everybody should understand that. Every hard-working man, woman in here should understand about laboring. This parable was intended to illustrate the first shall be last. It seems the householder is unreasonable. This is this is just don't make sense. And the first laborers are reasonable. This parable is playing off of what is normal behavior in, in this world and what is normal behavior in the kingdom of heaven. I remember after I received the Holy Ghost, man, I was on fire. My wife had already had the Holy Ghost. and I was just on fire, Brother Williams, and ready to do anything for God. And this church was so friendly to me and still is. And welcoming with open arms, and just loving, and so thankful for that. I still am. And it wasn't long before me met Brother Danny and Sister Tabitha, and they were our first Bible study victims. <laughs> and they were hungry. They were hungry for this word, and it seemed as if they were just soaking it in everything that we were teaching them. Each week was a joy. I remember I was working in Keystone Heights. That was the only place I could find work at the time. And I was driving way over there to work, and I'd get off, you know, I'd take off early to make sure I got home and got a shower and got over there to Brantford. And we just had a good time. All that driving, when you're first doing this, Brother Toby, it just don't bother you. You're just excited, ready to get there. And uh, we were just excited. We teach them this search for truth Bible study. We turned a 10-week Bible study into 13 weeks of joy. Come on now. That search for truth is just full of joy. Praise God. In this world, the first laborers would have right to question the employer's method of paying. But in the kingdom of heaven, there's no comparison. Like Brother Davis just said, there's no comparisons among the inhabitants. There's just none. We are... Uh, to, to be kingdom minded and it, that's not easy to do and be kingdom focused and so we can't 
think of others in our flesh. We, it's hard to, to put somebody else first. It, it's hard to do that. It's hard not to think of yourself, uh, especially if you believe that you really are better at this and, then they, and they get the job. That's hard to just step aside and allow them to do it. But in Philippians 2, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind, and let nothing done be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took, on, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. This man, Jesus, who became flesh, a fetus inside of Mary's womb, was none other than God himself. And this God would later gird himself with a towel and wash the desert dirt off his disciples' feet. When I think of his goodness and his mercy and his grace, I just can't help but be humbled by that. God himself would do that. Who am I to reject it? There's a need for laborers. There's a need. The grapes were ripe and dangling heavy on the vine. Now was the perfect time for harvesting. The owner of the vineyard stepped out onto the veranda and assessed the situation. And he knew, he realized immediately that if he didn't get some workers to help him, he could lose some of his crop, maybe all. He threw on his cloak and headed for the market. And there were usually plenty of people there looking for work. And as he drew near to the marketplace, sure enough, they were there. He noticed several able-bodied men ready to go to work, ready for hire. And he selected some strong workers because at that time, harvesting grapes would be done by hand-picking the fruit. It was a, a back-breaking job. No machines. It was, it was all done by hand. And the laborers had to bend over each plant to inspect the fruit before exhausting or extracting the cluster that was ready for harvest. And it's also important to not pick fruit that wasn't ready to be harvested. It's important. We must wait until the fruit is ripe. As we compare the vineyard from the story today, we will recognize that God's harvest is filled with souls ready to come with him, to Him. These people need to hear the Word of God. They need the Word. God's field may not always be easy to harvest. And it may seem to be a back-breaking job at times, exhausting, but at the end of the day, it is rewarding. Paul addressed the need to go into God's field and harvest souls for the kingdom. In Romans 10 Starting with verse 14, he said, And how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How would they know? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Verse 15 says, And how shall they preach except they be sent? We shouldn't wait until we feel like we have enough Bible knowledge 
to teach a Bible study. That's right. If you've been serving God for any length of time, then you're most likely overqualified to teach a Bible study. You heard me, overqualified. The need, they need someone who can get on their level. And it's hard sometimes for us saints. It is. I've been there. My wife's always, my sister, I was teaching her, and she's like, you got to come down. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, we, we, it's hard to dethrone ourselves and teach somebody in the way that they can understand what we're saying. They don't, they don't know who Melchizedek is. Most of them don't know who Jesus is. They don't know what prayer means. There's people that don't know what prayer means. And we have to sometimes, like Brother Everett said the other night, just put the Bible down like Brother Boyd did. Just put the Bible down and talk to them. they got to get on their level where they are. We are witnessing a great hunger among unbelievers for something real and lasting. All you need to do is just look. What you see on there is a bunch of, we think it's crazy, but these people are hungry for something. They're hungry for answers. They're looking for any answers. And that's what you see. They're hungry. It seems people of this generation are looking for a spiritual experience, but don't know exactly where to find it. Some seek answers through yoga or spiritualism, drugs, witchcraft. Can't figure out what gender they are. We shouldn't laugh at them. We should not laugh at them. They're, they're just confused. They're broken. They're tore up by spirits. As born again Christians, we know what they need. We know they need God. We know how to lead them because we once were the, where they are. Paul told the saints of Corinth in 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, he says, And such were some of you. But you are now baptized in Jesus' name. That's what that scripture means. You are now baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. You're no longer walking with them. You're no longer walking in the world. God uses our current knowledge and past experiences as tools to reach those who are hurting, wounded and broken and lost. With God-given wisdom, we carefully take their hand and lead them to a genuine, deep, meaningful relationship with a real God that they can feel. God does His part by drawing souls to Him and we must do our part by reaching out to them, teaching and preaching and living the gospel in front of them. Let them see His light shine in you. This great hunger for God that's all around us fosters a great need for us to be laborers, bringing those souls into the kingdom of God. Just as a landowner brought workers into his vineyard, God has called us to work in his field. And the owner, he went into the marketplace and saw those waiting and available to work. We are the ones who love this truth and should be the first to volunteer to share it with others. You know how this makes you feel. Why wouldn't we want to share this for others with others? Why wouldn't we want to just... Oh, grab them. Come on, let me, let me take you somewhere. Let me tell you about Jesus. Those God has prepared are the ones waiting for us to show them the way. Working in God's field may be a lot of work, and it is at times. Getting off early, taking off early, as I said earlier. There's just things you're going to have to do. Sacrifice your time. It's going to cost you. But it is worth it all when we see God changing lives, laying there in that, 
right there. I laid down on the floor, Brother Danny, as he was just getting a blessing. There was something so powerful about that. I was not the only one. I was part of it, Brother. Fears was another one that just seen that the fruit of our labor take place right there in front of us. The, 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 it was just awesome. What an awesome experience. Joy. Joy of your labor. It encourages us to continue and do it again. Let's go back out there. Nothing is more inspiring than praying with someone to receive the Holy Ghost. Watching someone be baptized in Jesus' name. Great rewards are awaiting for us as we answer the call to go out. and Witness to people. Tell people about Jesus. The day labor was customary in those days. In the Bible times, those desiring work would, would gather early in the marketplace. When someone agreed to work for another, they would decide on a daily wage. And before work began, they would decide. And we have that too. We still have that. It's called day laborers. And they'd get there early. I know guys that started that way. They'd get there early. And they'd go for days sometimes and not get called. But you've got to get there early. And there's only a few that's going to be called. And I'm sure this is much like it was then. They would get there early, four, maybe four in the morning, I don't know. And they would wait for somebody to come along and offer them a job. The landowner and the laborers would come to an agreement. And they would go for that and they would go work. The day began like any other day. The owner of the vineyard had hired helpers to harvest his crop. However, somewhere in the process, he realized he needed more laborers. It's not enough. This is not enough to reach this community, this town. We need more. We need more people. This is not enough. This won't do it. We need more. He went into the village. Some saw, and he some, seen, seen some able-bodied workers needing a job, and he hired them. And this happened several times throughout the day. And as we draw closer to the coming of the Lord, God compels us to go out and disciple those he has drawn into his kingdom. Sometimes the work seems like too much for us. And that is why when we, we take the time to mentor these, we'll, we'll, we'll mentor these. And while we're mentoring them, they'll be talking to someone else, fresh. Not knowing what, they, don't know who, they don't know who built the ark yet. And they're just talking to some, telling them about their story. Tell them how Jesus saved them. And it's just encouraging to others when they hear that. And so as we're discipling them, they're bringing others in. And it's just a chain reaction. It goes on and on. We are working for an intentional God. His plan includes souls who are already prepared for us to show them the way. And we should be available to work in any area God calls us into. When we try to go our own way, we only make it difficult for ourselves. He makes a way and opens the doors for us. Directing us toward His plan, His will, not our will. God wants us to work in His field and glean from His ripe vineyard. If we try to work a harvest that is not ripe, we will waste our valuable time. There are times we are simply in the wrong field. We're simply in the wrong field. Brother Bishop Booker was on a podcast the other day and he was talking about his son who started out in this town, and he was going through all the neighborhood, knocking on the doors, all of them, and nobody was coming. He said one lady came, and she just came because she felt sorry for him. He said he went through the town. I don't know how long he was there, but gave up and went to another town. 
Didn't try anything different. Did the same thing. Went through knocking on doors and just an explosion of people coming. Bible studies. People getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And just like he said, he was just in the wrong town. It's heartbreaking. Remember Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He knew he was in the wrong town. It's not time for this. And so he had to branch out. Sometimes we're just in the wrong place. There are three types of people. One, people God has already visited and they have rejected him. Two, he, ha- he hasn't visited them, and which we know we can't come to God unless he draws us so we'd just be wasting our time there. And three, he is visiting them at this very moment. And that is where we want to be, where he is, where he's working. Like Billy Cole, they asked him, said, how are you involved in all these miracles? Because I go where God's working, where God's moving. You can't go wrong when you do that. I want to go where he's moving. If he's working over there, that's where I want to be. Following God's direction and plan is always the better choice. Be where God is working. Everyone paid the same, brother. Davis was also mentioning this. That's hard. <laughs> you've been working all day. You've been working somewhere 30 years and somebody in their first year gets your promotion. Woo. As the sun began to sink into the horizon and the day's work was completed, the owner lined up everyone to hand out the agreed upon daily wage. However, to the surprise of the ones who came first, everyone's wage was the same. The grace of God is not lacking for anyone who reaches out and takes advantage of His amazing grace, His blessings. It doesn't matter to God whether... We've been in this for 40 years or three months. That does not matter to God. He won't, he, 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 the one, one scripture says, Neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Praise God. Let this mind be in you again, which was also in Christ Jesus. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Just let it rule in your hearts and be ye thankful. Be ye thankful. Praise God. Be ye thankful that He clothed you and put you in your right mind. His grace, He told Paul, is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. It is abundant and plenteous. God is no respecter of persons, rank or social status. Everyone has the opportunity to respond. That's right. And we should be thankful God is serving up grace to us. And He has in an abundant way. The early workers did not understand why they received the same wage as those who had come toward the end of the day. They became very angry and approached the owner complaining about how unfair, how unfair it is that Brother Boyd would let him do that, not me. That's not right. I've been doing this a long time. I can preach better than that. Come on. Hmm? We must be careful not to judge how God works with others. Each of us have unique needs and unique talents and giftings. What takes years for one may only take days for another. There's people I can reach that you can't. And there's people that you can reach that I could never reach. A believing wife may pray 40 years for her husband to come to God and finally she sees her prayers answered and he lives the last few years of his life living for God. Basking in the abundant grace of God's mercy. Another may wander into the bar or to the church from a nearby bar and fall at the altar and immediately get the Holy Ghost. You just don't know how it's going to happen, how people are going to respond. We just need to be grateful and thankful that people are getting the Holy Ghost. 
and being used. We cannot judge how God deals with each person. We must just see how he, He's going to use them. I'm excited seeing people come in. I want to see how God's going to use them. Amen. We just know He will meet people at their point of need. Even if that means they turn and walk out sometimes. Sometimes they just turn and walk out of the church never to return. Whatever they hear, well, whether they hear or whether they forbear, they will have an opportunity. God's going to give everybody an opportunity. It's not, I'm just going to throw this in here. Not everybody's going to have the same opportunity. I was raised in this. Somebody's just going to get one message. Somebody's just going to get one Bible study. Somebody's just going to get one offer to come to church. Mm. I'm glad that wasn't me. It took me decades to respond. It's a privilege to work for the Lord. When He calls us to work in His field, it's not long before we are aware of His infinite grace. His blessings are fresh every morning. Everything we do for Him comes with much greater benefits than what we have to give. When we work in God's field, we have the opportunity to see His goodness in action. Watching new believers surrender to Christ and witnessing change break from addiction is, 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 is wonderful, joyous sight. Feeling the excitement of bringing a new convert into the kingdom and helping that person receive the Holy Ghost is like assisting in natural birth. Tears of joy stream down our faces as we watch those we reached out through, through a Bible study and launch out on their, on their own and do their own thing. What a glorious thing. Sharing God's word with others is, is powerful. Just witnessing to somebody. I, I remember telling somebody about God. We spent, it was an assistant superintendent on the job. He was the second biggest guy there. And he was, he was real smart. College uh, education. And he was, we won't dig too much, but he believed that God was here and he couldn't be moved from his place. There's a lot of people that believe that. I'm not getting into who, who it is, what they're called. But they believe that God's real. He'd come down and created earth. He had to go back and be there. He can't be moved from there. And I was just talking to him about Jesus. I was, this was right after I wasn't in church very long. And he was talking and all of a sudden he just choked up out of nowhere. And tears just swelled up in his eyes. And he was, you know, it's embarrassing. We're two men out there. And you could feel the Holy Ghost move. And I wish, I always look back and said, if I, if I could have been, I don't know, longer in the Lord, maybe I could have come up with something just out of a nowhere. The Holy Ghost hit him and he just choked up and tears started flowing down his face. He didn't even know where it come from. And I had the sense enough, I was strong enough and deep enough with God, I was able to tell him, that's the Holy Ghost you're feeling. That's God. He is here. And so we left there that day, him with a different understanding of who God was. Praise God. It's a wonderful thing. We must respond to the call. We can be part of the answer to a prayer request. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 38, said, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. The owner of the vineyard could do whatever he pleased because it was his vineyard. It was his property. The workers were there because of his goodness. Land didn't belong to the workers. It don't belong to us. They don't, their souls come in. They don't belong to us. They belong to God. The owner was responsible for the work on his land and for the workers he hired to harvest his crop. God is the owner of this field. He's the owner of these people. We don't have to worry about how, they, how he manages crops. He has given us a job to bring the souls in. 
that He's prepared for us or prepared, prepared, prepared for Him, we cannot save souls. And we shouldn't worry about their pace. As long as we're on that interstate heading toward Atlanta, we don't, it doesn't matter where they at on the highway. As long as they're going in the same direction, we need to leave them alone and let God do what He does. If we rush in and try and clean up their outward appearance, and they heed to that, some will, some will just do what you tell them to do without getting it in their self, without being convicted about it. Then when their families get a hold of them, and their families will, when their families get a hold of them about the way they're dressing, and it's not a conviction for them yet, they will not be able to defend it because it's not in their heart yet. Let God take care of those matters. Let God put it in their heart. Let God be God. Praise God. Let God do it. We must lead that part, that process up to Him. We witness to people, offer Bible studies, teach, preach, and exhort. But when it's all said and done, God is the one who gives the increase. It's God who convicts. The vineyard is more than just dirt. The fruit contains future produce and provision. As we lead souls to God, they in turn bring others into the kingdom of God. God oversees His land of harvest. He is faithful to prepare souls and draw them to Himself. We can be confident that when we work in His field, when we're working for Him, it will be vibrant. It's going to be, it's going to be inspiring. You're going to be inspired. You're going to be rejected, mostly. You're going to be mostly rejected. But when you get that one that will sit and listen, it's exciting. We know how that feels. The owner helped the complaining workers see that they were looking at this all wrong. First, he reminded them of their agreement. Then he pointed out that they were judging him according to what they expected rather than acknowledging his grace to others. He was generous and kind, and then the first complaining workers were missing the point. It was a tough lesson for them, but they learned to be grateful for what they had done or what he had done for them. With this parable, Jesus gave a lesson on His grace, His mercy. Sometimes it is hard to see things from God's perspective. In the parable of the vineyard, the workers didn't see at first what the owner was doing. They were focused on how unfair it seemed to them to get the same wage as those who came later. Again, it's hard. You've been doing this for 30 years and someone comes in in a few months and brings 10 people with them. It can get in your spirit. It can get in your spirit. Let's just be honest. Praise God. In the same way, we must learn to trust God's decisions and accept that He's sovereign. He's in charge. He knows what He's doing, believe it or not. He sees things on a different level than we do. He can see the whole picture. He is not restricted to time as we are. He sees the beginning and the end at the same time. It's their time with God. The concept that God is omnipresent and everywhere at the same time is hard for us to comprehend. Even though we believe it and we preach it, it's still hard for us to wrap that around our brain. When we trust Him, we consider that He sees things that we cannot see. We must learn to accept God's sovereign grace. We may not understand how God deals with other people whom we deem unworthy, but we must trust that He knows exactly what He's doing. Praise God. Aren't you thankful that God didn't think that you was unworthy? I'm so thankful that He said, Larry, because of your 
your criminal history and the way you've lived your life. I just, I can't use you. I'm, I'm thankful that God, David said, let me fall into the hands of God. I don't want to fall into the hands of man. It's a sad thing because we, we judge people. And we immediately judge them. We do, I do. Ah, they probably wouldn't hear that. I don't know about them. They would, probably wouldn't hear this. Man, what a, that's, 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 uh, that's pride. The Bible says, what does he say about pride spirit? He hates a proud spirit. Hate, that's, that's strong language. Hates a proud spirit. Who am I to say that they're not worthy? I, I know, Brother Rayleigh, I'm not worthy. I know what Larry used to do. I know that monster I have to pray about all the time. I do. There's a monster inside of me. I'm sad to say it. I hate it. But there's a monster inside of me. And I have to pray all the time to keep him in that cage. He can't get loose because if he gets loose, things just fall apart. He makes a mess of things. And believe me, there's some under the sound of my voice know about that monster. They've seen that monster. And he'll tear things to pieces. But God said, you know what? I can use you despite all of that. Aren't you thankful he said the same about you? I don't know. I don't know when people come. I don't know what, what, what's God going to do with them. I don't know. But God knows. God knows the end from the beginning. Praise God. I'm just thankful that I'm here to see it. Bottom line, really, I just want to go to heaven. I do. I just want to go to heaven. I'm thankful Brother Boyd gives me a, a platform to speak sometimes. But you know what? If he took that away and said, Lord, Larry, I don't think that's for you. I might be in my feelings a little bit, but I'm not leaving. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go back to dope. I've been out there. I don't want that. I'll stay here. I'll get over my. I'll get over it, brother boy. You just make the call. I'll be all right, but I'm not going back out there. Mm. Praise God. I don't care who gets the song. Oh, I don't care who gets to teach Sunday school. I just want to go to heaven. David Norris, great man of God, great author. He penned these words. I felt like sharing them with you this morning. He said, the voices on the last page of Revelation are the only voices that are real. God is up front with, with the cost. It does cost us something to come. The cost is that we must tell the truth about God and who He is. If we call Jesus Lord, then He simply must be. At the same time, salvation is free. We invest everything to obtain the pearl of a great price. It's an easy trade. It really is. And we have this precious pearl even now for eternal life. It's not a future hope, but a present reality. The Holy Ghost, our guarantor for, this, for His promise. So we here now today join with those voices from the last page of Revelation. <laughs> Ma'am, we would like to invite you to a wedding. Please come. When?
she asked. Soon. Very soon. Well, I, I don't know anyone. Now, that's all right. Because he knows you. Well, I have nothing to wear. Don't worry. He has a gown that will fit you just fine. Perfectly, in fact. When? When will this be? We will be on time if we leave right now. We'll make it if we leave right now. Oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough for that. I don't think I'm good enough for that. No one is. No one is. You'll never be good enough. That's why He chose you. Already, you can hear the organs playing. The flowers are in their place. The candles are lit. The bridesmaids have already entered. And, and, and you did understand you're the bride. Didn't you? You understood that? That dress I told you about. That's your wedding dress. Your bridegroom awaits you. Shouldn't the church always say, what Brother Boy said the other day, let the bridegroom and the bride say, come. 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 That should always be in our spirit. When we're around our workmates, our family, come. Come. Let this mind be in you. Let, let your light shine that they may see His good works coming through you. We are that city that is set on a hill. And we can't be put under a bushel. We can't. We can't. We gotta be, we, we're, we're the city for this community. We're the light for this community. We're the only hope for this community. Somebody in your life, you're their only link to God. And if you don't tell them about Jesus, they'll never hear about Him. And we'll hear about it though in that great white throne judgment. No, we, we would have called our reward. We would have got it. We, we're there now, but God's going to let us know, I believe, who we've missed. That's not going to be a good feeling even though we made it. I believe He's going to let us know what we could have done. That's not going to feel very good. And I want to do everything I can. I want to do all I can. I, I, uh, I, I, I'm growing every day. I feel like that that Brother Boyd sent me a text earlier before I come and just remind me, preach with love. And I just got to thinking, Lord. <laughs> I mean, he's so compassionate. He's so thoughtful about what he says behind the pulpit. And I'm just like, he lets me speak. I can't believe he lets me preach. Because his personality and my personality is just so different. But I try. I do love you. I do love people. I said it before. And somebody got on to me about saying this, but I'll say it. I said, well, no, I, I'm just going to say it again. I might get reeled in about how I talk to saints. And I, I might have to change my language there. I might not understand how they always feel. But there's one thing I do know, and no one ever had to tell me this, how to talk to somebody from the world. I know exactly what's on their mind. I know exactly what they're thinking. And so I, I'm thankful for that. And so that's what I've always want to be doing. Whether I'm behind this pulpit or on the job site, wherever, I want to be reaching for that lost soul who was once Larry 
and not forget about them, not walk away and miss an opportunity, but always be reaching for that soul because somebody didn't stop reaching for me. My grandmother didn't stop praying for my dad. She didn't see him get the Holy Ghost at conference, but he did. He did. He's living for God. He's in service right now. Praise God. I'm just thankful. If you would stand, let's, let's, let's pray and just be thankful that we're here. Be thankful God chose you and you responded. God, thank you for your, your consideration, for considering me. Thank you, Jesus, for not overlooking me. Thank you, Jesus, for not rejecting me and leaving me there, Lord. Because if it had not been for you, that was always on my side. I would still be there. I'd be dead. I'd be broken somewhere, Lord. But you, who are rich in mercy, thought you needed me and thought you could use me. And you love me that much. I'm so thankful for that, Lord. And I don't want to always, I don't want to outgrow that. I don't want to outgrow that, Lord. I want that always to burn in my heart. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.